support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Down Wind, Tinks, Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics, Dead Ringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows, Cobra Archery, Camp Chef, Novix Outdoors, and caffeine support provided by Deer Camp Coffee. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bowhunter Planet podcast. Uh, tonight, we got Kevin, Jamie, and myself. We're joined with the guys from Pope and Young. Uh, Jason, Dylan, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Wonderful, awesome. man. Glad to be on. So, guys, uh, I guess let's start with just kind of what's new at Pope and Young and what's coming up. I guess let's go through a little bit of, like, what's, I guess, what's going on over there. Uh, you know, gosh, that that how long is your show? Because there's actually quite a bit going on right now. <laughs> We have, uh, you know, this whole COVID thing's thrown us a, a little bit for a loop like everybody else. So we're planning our third convention in the last 18 months. And this one's actually going. It's We're in Reno, July 14th through the 17th. So excited to actually put this one together and, and get to see everybody in person. So that's a big thing we've got going on. Um, you know, last week we closed on our building in Chatfield. So we have a... Um, move, just moved our office. We're moving our museum. In fact, a an announcement is coming out any minute now. Is uh, we're going to be working with him, moving our National Bow Hunting Museum to Springfield, Missouri. Oh wow! So it went out about it went out about seven minutes ago, Jason. Just so you know. Oh, it did. Okay, yeah. This well, <laughs> this is the first time I've just been working on it for months, and this is the first time I've been able to say it out loud without whispering yeah. so <laughs> you're you're hearing it here first um gee on top of that there's there's so many moving pieces going on we've got um some new things we're really excited to uh show some folks kind of a new side of pope and young uh at convention we're we're breaking out some some new things there that i think people will be excited about i think it'll really appeal to you know our 30-year our member i think we'll really enjoy it and I think the folks that maybe just haven't, I don't know, haven't accepted Pope and Young or maybe haven't just jumped on with Pope and Young, they're like, well, I don't know why I would. I think, I think you're going to see some things out of the organization that are going to make people want to say, you know, I really want to be a part of that. I didn't realize it before, but, you know, that's, that's who I am and that's what I want to do. So quite a few things going on. We're really excited. And not only that, but our hopes is that, you know, with the things that we're doing, it'll answer some of those questions um, and take away some of those misconceptions uh, and really teach and show people uh, what the club is, what it's all about, you know, why we exist. Um, and so, you know, and I've said this before, and I think I told you this guys last time I was on there, but, you know, we are a record book, but we're so much more than a record book. And so that's really, we want to get that information out there and show and tell people what it is we do for bow hunters. So the concept of Pope and Young um, originally was the, the, I mean, was it like the scoreboard almost like where people would like 
get you know you have a pope and young class buck or whatnot to get it kind of scored and to your dimensions that that would be acceptable and kind of like is that kind of what's how it started i guess it actually we were started and i didn't know this i've been a bow hunter for 30 years and i'd always known about pope and young and you know maybe i just hadn't shot anything big enough to really dive into it <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say that we can edit right um so <laughs> Anyway, you know, I, I think I just never, never really shot anything big enough to, to go in there. And I, I've got a buddy that he's been, you know, involved with it for years and years. And he was all, always excited about it. So I always knew of it. I just never did the research. And so when I came on as, as the executive director, I, you know, I, I got this huge crash course in the history of Pope and Young and why we were founded our record book actually came about the entire premise for, for our book was so that we could use it to help promote and introduce bow seasons all across the country. Believe it or not, there was a time where, where you couldn't go bow hunting. There was not a bow season. It was not considered a weapon, you know, capable of taking big game animals. And so Jeez. that, you know, and I mean, to me, I had a 30 year bow hunter never knew that. So that's what it was, what it was started for was to show these states, Hey, this is a legitimate way to take big game. Here's our record book. Here's some of the animals that we've taken with this, you know, next, you know, what, what else would you like to know? It's, it's no longer up for debate as far as it being a, a real weapon. Now let's talk about seasons. And so that's, that's where we started. And, you know, that's kind of the heritage is, is how we were were brought in and i i told someone the other day they they didn't know much about it and and i said hey did you bow hunt last year and they're like well yeah man i wouldn't miss a year and i said well you're welcome and they just didn't know and i think a lot of people don't so we want to get that message out that you know we are kind of the the roots of bow hunting and as we get going you know you look through the generations and you know, the Fred bears and the Chuck Adams and, and it just keeps going. Frank Nosk is the, the, uh, kind of the, I don't know what you will, the royalty of, of bow hunting world in a lot of cases, you know, those are the kind of folks that we have at our convention that you just go hang out with. It's pretty neat. I, uh, I, I'm kind of a history buff and I, I really, uh, I read like the history of the Pope and young and I, uh-huh. enjoyed, I did not realize that Fred Bear went to a lecture given by um, it was either Pope or Young I can't remember which one it was but he was he gave a lecture in Detroit he was working in an auto factory and wow. he got so geeked up about it and he ta- stayed after and talked to him and ended up going to Alaska and he that's who got Fred Bear into archery. Wow, that's I didn't even know that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he he. Uh, which one was Arthur? Arthur uh, Art Young. Okay, Art Young was giving lectures around the country about bow hunting. He came to Detroit, and Fred Bear sat in on the lecture, and that's what got Fred Bear into bow hunting. That's you know, I've I've talked to so many people who have told me how instrumental Fred Bear was in their bow hunting career. Imagine being Fred Bear's mentor. Now that's yeah. saying something right yeah. there. Yeah, but it's you know a lot of people don't know all the history you know behind some of those guys you know with with Ishii and, and the connection with, with Saxon Pope. And then you look at Art Young. I mean, this guy was the original 
I mean, he, he did it all. This guy made the first ever hunting movie. Um, wow. You know, he went to Alaska. The, the guy shot a moose, made a raft out of the skin, and rafted 250 miles out. I mean, <laughs> oh there's, there's no sat phone. There's uh, no cell phone. There's no GPS. I mean, can you imagine that? I, I know people who can't get to Walmart without directions. <laughs> think Dave could do that, Kevin? No, I would oh. die. <laughs> Man, you know, I'm a big guy. I'd need two moose for a raft big enough, you know? You know, I remember when that uh, that dawned on me, Jason. I met an old guy here in Kansas, and uh, I went deer hunting at his place. And I was sitting down talking with him, and, and he started telling me about the first bow season here in Kansas. And I was like, you know, it was almost like a, what do you mean? It's always been here, right? And uh, and then he started going into, like, you know, the anticipation and the excitement and just the – and this was before I worked for Pope and Young, but, but you know, the, the, the build up to, oh my gosh, there's going to be a bow season. And then, you know, that first bow season, like one guy killed an animal in Kansas with a bow, but still, you know, just hearing his excitement of, yeah, dude, there's this organization that got us a bow hunting season. And I'm like, you know, I never put two and two together until I started working for Pope and Young, but uh, you know, you hear those kind of stories and we've always taken it for granted. I mean, always have. And, and until we understand that somebody had to fight for those rights, we always will take it for granted. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like like Kevin. I, I really like history a lot, and um, you know, it's interesting to me. Interesting to me, a couple of things you guys talked about, like the bow. You know, it wasn't really legal for hunting and all that. It's just funny to me that when you think of an archery bow, it, you know, it goes back into history as a weapon of war. You know, before that, I'm sure it was just you know, to learn it, whatever. But at some point, the Indians got it, and they killed tons of animals with the bow. Oh, yeah. The bison. I mean, huge animals, a bear. And then just to think it's funny to think that people thought that it wouldn't be a good weapon for a deer or something. I think that's hilarious. But also the fact that uh, other countries, you still can't legally bow hunt, like the UK yeah. and Australia. There's different areas you can't actually bow hunt. So, I mean, I almost feel like you guys need to do an international arm to help those countries out, too. <laughs> you know, surprisingly enough, it's interesting you bring that up because we have been uh, working with some of those other places. I know we work with the folks over in Russia, which, um, you know, they just opened it up to bow hunting year before last. And we had worked with them. They said, hey, can we use your records and some of your data to you know help show people here that wow this is legitimate because it, it's you know if you're not into it and and you just you know a lot of these folks aren't hunters so that they've never been exposed to it. they just don't realize that the you know equipment and how good it is and same thing i know right now we're working in uh, i think it's greenland they have bow hunts but they don't have they don't allow traditional archery equipment so we're working up there with some of those folks to help them get a traditional season going. So it's, um, we actually do, we, we don't, you know, pride ourselves on the international stuff. Cause we could, that'd be a full-time job, but where people are needing help where we can expand bow hunting opportunities, we're, we're going to jump in and, you know, we have the largest big game records collection in, in the world. And so, you know, we're, or at least for North American big game and, and we're happy to share that, you know, where it helps other people, get opportunity and that kind of goes back to what we were saying um you know people don't understand these guys are helping us and you know maybe that's because we've not done a great job of showing you this is what we're doing to help you um and so those are the type of things that we really want to help uh get out there and say hey this is what we're fighting for at the moment you know this is what we're doing at the moment 
um, and not necessarily even in, you know, Russia or Greenland, but, you know, this is what we're doing in Colorado or this is what we're doing yeah. in, in Idaho or this is what we're doing in, you know, Missouri, you know, wherever it may be at the time, uh, put that out there and let the public know, uh, hey, all of our guys in Missouri, this is what we're doing to help you right now. It's all about the marquee, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, I think that's some of the problem is that we've gotten so, you know, you get so busy clearing weeds out of the yard that you forget to step back and admire and say, Hey, yard looks pretty good. There's, yeah. there's not a dandelion in it. And so I think that's one of the things is, is we've just been busy pulling weeds, not stepping back and, and showing everybody. And, yeah. you know, with Mark, with, with Dylan coming on as our marketing manager, you know, that's one of the things we want to let people know. I mean, there's, there's ways to do it now. You don't have to take out an ad in the newspaper to let people know what you're doing. You put it on social media. Yeah. So. I think that's all changed. Right. I mean, I think like yeah. a good example is, you know, uh, this is the first year I think we've ever talked to Pope and young and we're bow hunter planet. We've never once been approached right. or talked to anybody at Pope and young until I met Dylan. And so then when he's like, Oh yeah, we got, we got to change this. We got to get to the young, we got to get people engaged and, and fired up. And I thought, man, it's, it's such a, it's just, but it's such an ever changing landscape, right? The first yeah. few years, if, if you weren't following social media right up to the, you know, latest, 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 you would, you would not know of a bow hunter plan there. You would not know of. So it just depends on how it was run before and who was running and how they were doing and if they're doing, I mean, let's be honest, hunting for a long time has been, I mean, when we started this, it was all magazines and TV. That was it. Oh, yeah. if, if you weren't doing those two, you weren't, you weren't making money or well, at least they thought that. And then it slowly, slowly started changing as we went each year, it got better and better for internet. And now it's just obviously way over internet's like, <laughs> it's just crazy, yeah. pure crazy. You know, what right I, you know what I find so funny about the hunting industry is it's so, you know, categorized, like Jason will say, Hey Dylan, I was talking with so-and-so and I'm like, no idea who that is. And he's like, dude, they have like a hundred million followers and you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, I've never heard of them. And then I could be like, Hey, you know, John Dudley. And he's like, ah, I've never heard of him before. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know I mean? It's just so, it's so but that's what's so good about the hunting industry yeah. is different guys reach different people. And, and yeah. it's, it's so categorized that, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you don't reach a certain uh, category in the hunting industry, you just don't reach them. And it's yeah. not, I mean, you might be reaching the masses over here and you're missing the masses over here. And that's just, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, I mean, you can look at people's different followers and, you know, Chuck Adams might have a hundred thousand followers and Aaron Schneider might have a hundred thousand followers and they might be completely different hundred thousand people, you know, and that's just kind of how it goes in the hunting industry is there's, yeah. there's different categories and different people speak to different people. One thing that's nice I find is that it's still a niche and there's still this niche of yeah. bow hunting and archery alone. And those are a big deal because there's a lot of people like on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook that might, and they might be a group or a person and they might have two, 300,000 followers and have really good, you know, uh, turnover rates and stuff like that. But the, at the end of the day, are they actually projecting to people who are going to buy equipment? That's the thing. So it, it, it's, it's becoming crazy. Cause like anybody like Jamie could start a TikTok tomorrow and have a million followers. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean it's going to be geared towards hunting or archery specifically, you know? And I think Isn't that's that just for things. dancing. Exactly. Yeah. He could Is just it, dance. Yeah. I was thinking about OnlyFans, but I, I'm going to go with TikTok. <laughs> TikTok has changed, and I had this conversation. I literally just had this conversation with Aaron from the Hunting Public, and and him and I both agreed that these are the next generation tools that are here. They're here to stay. So, like, a TikTok is not going away. It's the youngest generation loving that stuff. So the problem is 
you or anybody has to find a, a niche in that niche to get to fit in, in order to find your people or whatever. But you know, I think what we're seeing, though, per, personally, I think we see the same thing. Majority of the people we see are Facebook, Instagram followers who are actual hunters that you know, they're always going to follow you whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. TikTok is something where they're going to follow you because you're friends and all that stuff, or they like BHP or whatever. But you you have the ability to now get in front of the youngest, youngest crowd. And, and that's where we see the benefit if if we can, you know, that's where it's going to be is though you got to find those new apps. There's no way around it. Yeah, the direction. It's- it's changes so quickly nowadays. So quickly. Yeah. In two years from now, we're gonna have this conversation in this podcast, and it's gonna be a different app. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's gonna be the Dylan Ray app. <laughs> I'm still trying to use MySpace, dude. <laughs> I love MySpace. Yeah. said. You know, still on AOL. <laughs> yeah, AOL message. You got mail. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh. Man. You, you know, I'm not even that old, and I graduated college without an email address, so I, I don't even want to hear it, man. <laughs> uh, I yeah, see, it's interesting because, you know, when you look at things like the, you know, rights to hunt and bow hunt or whatnot, like the UK, the, the reason they stated that they don't allow it, uh, the, the, sta- the standard explanation is that bow hunting isn't humane because animals reportedly suffer which is news to me to this guy says but my point is in this scenario right i mean i think it's pretty obvious that you could look to the united states and say "Eh, it's good to go i mean there's so many bow hunters here so many videos of deer being shot with bows on youtube and all over the world it's really silly if not stupid that any country would be banning bow hunting i mean come on that's way now, safer listen, than gun hunting. We've we've all seen we've all seen a deer get hit perfectly with a gun and not die. Yeah, or not oh yeah. find it. And we've all seen a deer get hit perfectly with a bow and not find it. And some of uh, us have done that. Where's yeah. Jamie, where's Jamie at? There he <laughs> I know I have. I mean there's been times where <laughs> here's, here's the key, I actually hit it. There's been times you look back at a footage and you're like, the Okay, ass don't count. <laughs> I shot this thing with a seven millimeter magnum at, right in the pump house. It should be dead right here, and it's not. And uh, but but people think, well, you hit it with a bullet, it's dead. And then if you hit it with an arrow, it's going to run, you know, 200 yards and suffer for six hours. Well, it's not the case. I mean, you just gotta, you got to do a little bit of research on it. Yeah, there's no way a, com- a compound bow, a crossbow, or even a traditional bow are an effective killing weapons, especially with the broadheads nowadays. I mean, come on, <laughs> this is such a silly. But either way, whatever you guys do your thing, try to help them out if you can. That would be excellent, but I'm sure all of our brothers and sisters over there are begging, trying to get, you know, hunting. In fact, if we look at our statistics and our, uh, our analytics for every HP, there's a lot of people follow us from all different countries. And there are people follow us from Australia, Russia, China. There's a whole bunch. So, I mean, people definitely have a huge interest in bow hunting. And it's just a matter of, well, they have the ability based on their laws, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was neat. We got to talk with the, the guy, Ben Solaris from from down under there and and you guys man, need to get guy him hunts. on oh he he hunts all over the world and it's so great to hear you know the perspective from somebody living on the opposite side of the world just lives eats and breathes bow hunting so yeah that's cool um yeah. so let's talk about membership and stuff like that so how does it work for pope and young club if you want to be a member um or donate or or, or how does that work i guess 
You bet. So for us, um, you know, it's a little more involved than, than some of the other hook and bullet organizations. As far as membership, we actually have a form you have to fill out and, uh, you know, you, you can't have game violations and that thing that, or that sort of thing, uh, to be a Pope and young member. But when you come in, uh, a general member is someone who's, who's interested in the organization signs up. It's an annual type of membership. And then once you've been around a little bit longer, we have a, the next level is called your regular membership. You have to be a member for so many years. You have to have shot uh, so many animals, so many different species, have four animals in the book. And it's, it's just kind of that, that next level. It's like, Hey, this is, this is my thing. I, I like to hunt, you know, some of these guys hunt all over the world or all over the country or, you know, some of them just a, a few state radius. And at that point in time, you step up to be a regular member, you get voting rights in the organization. And, and that's actually a process. You have to be voted in by the existing regular and senior members to become a regular member of the club. And uh, it's something that I think for a lot of years, you know, I, I think our membership was kind of, no, we're good. I think we'll just kind of stick where we're at now. And, and they didn't really want to see a change. Now we've got some really, um, we've got people who are extremely proud of the club. They want to see it grow. They want to see it be, you know, as relevant today as we were 60 years ago when we started, you know, how can we get to, Hey, this is, this is an integral piece of bow hunting every single day. And so now they want to be more inclusive and they want to let people come in they want to have more people who are just excited about bow hunting and excited about, you know, trophies and, and taking those mature bucks and, and all the things associated with it, scouting and the whole nine yards. So I think we have seen a change just in, in my three years here of people really wanting to expand the reach, you know, we're, we're still going to have the records organization. That's kind of our, our cornerstone. It's how we were founded and, and we'll always have that, but you're going to see a lot more from us and, and we want people to be part of the Pope and young club. Now, as far as membership Costco, um, I see some, I see some numbers on the website. Is that accurate? Are these numbers still accurate? Yes, sir. Dylan, they better be. <laughs> yes, they are. $10 annual youth membership under 18, $45 for one year membership, $80 for discounted two year membership, 150 discounted four year membership. 600 lifetime membership age 65 or older or a thousand dollar lifetime membership 64 or younger that's actually a really good prices guys i thought this was cost a lot more money i thought it was you know, like 200 bucks a month or something speak, speaking of memberships one of the biggest misconceptions that that exists amongst the bow hunting community is either a i have to shoot a book animal to be a member or b I have to be a member to enter my animal. Neither of those are true. Uh, if, if you're a bow hunter, then you belong in Pope and Young. We want you to be a member. Um, and, and then you can enter your animals, you know, later on down the road. Or, you know, if you don't want to be a member, you can still enter your animals. Uh, the two don't don't go hand in hand. You can be a, a member without entering animals, and you can enter an animal without being a member. Uh, but I get so many messages, and they're like, man, I hope this year will be big enough to, to let me be a member. And I'm like, Dude, you could have been a member your whole life. I'm like, what? I never knew that. I thought I had to have a deer in the books. And I'm like, nope, not at all, man. Um, 
you know, but also another misconception about the book is, you know, I get guys all the time and they're like, man, I hope this will get me into the books. And I'm like, dude, it's a sinking 160. Like, of course it'll get you in the books. But, but people put us on the same level as Boone and Crockett. And, you know, a typical whitetail minimum is 125. Well, if you've hunted for more than five years, you've probably shot a 125 or at least seen one. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not some, that's not a 170. Um, and so that's another big misconception is like, you know, we want healthy, mature animals being harvested with a bow, but we're also not looking for 180s, 190s, 200s. Um, but we're definitely looking for those. Yeah, we definitely are. But what I mean is, <laughs> is the minimum to get in is not, not that high. Um, you know, you can, I told my dad that and he was like, well, dude, I've got several 125s. And I'm like, exactly. He's like, I've always thought it was a lot more than that. And I'm like, nope. And, and sure enough, he met up with a measure um, and got him scored and got him entered. And all these years had just been sitting in his basement. He never knew, you know? Um, and so those are really the kind of misconceptions we want to break down and, uh, and tear down those walls uh, of misconception in the bow hunting community. Yeah. Well, I actually I think, thought that too. I actually thought that was the rule. You had to shoot something to get into, into the membership. I didn't realize you could not at all. In. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's, it's interesting when you look at the way those things, uh, those things go as far as, as minimums and, and whatnot. Uh, a lot of people just don't realize, wow, I can join, I can be a member. And then while you're a member, while you're working on your, your tenure to get your, you know, regular member status, then along the way you can go out and shoot your book animals, but you do not have to have anything book worthy to, to be a member of Pope and young. You just need to be a bow hunter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, I'm just watching this video you guys have here at the museum. It's pretty cool. It's looking it's, a little dated uh, though. <laughs> what year is this yeah. thing from? That's why we're moving it. 2014. <laughs> and redoing that museum. It's, that's cool. You know, some old stuff in there. That's for sure. Holy cow. There is. And I love the museum. <laughs> it was so nice to have it in our office. And and here's a world-class museum. We had the dioramas. We had the animal displays. We had, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of bows and arrows and everything you could imagine for bow hunting. And, you know, the problem is we have a lot of days that, that maybe no one would go through that museum. And so it was a phenomenal place. It just wasn't you know, it wasn't in a high traffic area. You had to kind of be going to Chatfield to, to go to the museum. And so with us moving to Springfield, yeah, things are going to open up. I, I think we'll probably see more people. There will be a day in our first year that sees as many visitors through that museum as what we had in a year before. Yeah. And we're excited yeah. about that. That's really cool. Now, if, if someone, um, okay, so let's say this, let's say, um, Let's say Jamie goes out next year, shoots like a 135. He's like, man, I really want to get it into the Pope and Young book. Uh, how, does that, how does that work? Like, what's the process? Very easy process. We have a uh, measures. Go to the www.pope-young.org. Go to the website, and there's a, a link on there for the measures. Look up a measure in your area. And these guys are fantastic. They eat sleep and breathe measuring animals it's it's so neat to talk to them it's like i look at it i'm not near meticulous enough to do it like they do yeah but these guys are are legitimate and so you give them a call and you say hey i've got a, a buck i'd like to enter they'll set up a time for you a place to meet and i mean it, 
it's interesting. It's not a three minute process. Some of these animals, you know, can take a couple of hours to get it right. I mean, it's, it's a process you have to go through it. Um, but these guys are great to talk to the wealth of knowledge that our measures have is just unbelievable. So you get it measured. They take your, your paperwork, they send your paperwork in and, and, uh, from the time we get it in the office, we're trying to get those certificates back out within 30 days. So when we get it, we process it through. It has a has to go through a, a process where it's approved. It's looked at by the director of records. And then we send the certificate out with your official Pope and Young uh, certificate. So do you get it? Do you get it measured like as soon as you shoot it or after you get it taxidermied or when when is the proper time to get it measured yeah, it's actually there's a time yeah there's a drying period so you know one of the things we check that we go through is hey has the has the drying period been elapsed you know if the kill date and the the measure date are too close together well then they didn't wait enough time or so that's one of the things we look at so there's a drying period for for each animal okay you know that's one thing i didn't know because i got to go to panel this year um, which is where they bring in the top five from each species and measure them again. And uh, hearing some of them talk, they were like, man, because I was like, how important is the 60 days? You know, I was just curious. And they were like, oh, some animals can shrink six, seven, eight inches in the 60 days. And I'm like, what? Wow. And they were like, yeah, They're like some can shrink a, a, a ton in those six days. Um, I don't want to be misquoted, but I think they said bighorn sheep are, are the worst. They shrink significantly in the six days. In the 60 days. I know black bears shrink as well when you go come up on them <laughs> yeah. after you shoot them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little different. You know, ground shrinkage is a little bit different. You know, it's, I have that uh, problem in Canada. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, man. So I get up there. I'm just excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still a forking horn. All right. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, one of the things, um, you know, talking to people, you know, when you're in, you know, Pope and Young or, or the, the community, you're always seeing people's photo. They come up to us at the booth at ATA and they're like, hey, take a look at my 180 buck. And I'm like, oh, you know, man, that's fantastic. Did you get it scored? Yeah, my buddy did it. And, and you're, <laughs> it, you know, if next time somebody says, hey, I've got a 180 buck, ask to see the score sheet because it's like I, I see these and I'm like, hey, you know, 150 is a great buck but it's not 180. And I think a lot of people, they, they have their excuses for not getting things officially measured. They're like, Oh, well, I, I don't want people to know where I'm hunting. I'm like, well, you're hunting private. You don't have to worry about, that. <laughs> you know, that. well, I don't, you know, I don't, I just want to fly under the radar. And I'm like, we got 150,000 entries. I don't think anybody's going to go search your one buck up to, you know, like crowd you it's, there's, there's a lot of reasons people say they're not getting their stuff measured, but I think the, probably the the most legitimate one is people don't like you know you talked about ground shrinkage there's a huge difference between you know your buddies or your guide telling you oh that's 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 definitely a 180 and then it it actually comes in at you know 158 and 38 <laughs> and i so i think that's part of it but i mean if you have somebody who's if they've got it officially measured and it's a if it's a 180 buck, it's a legit every every eighth of 180 inches. So I'd like to, you know, for those out there in the internet community throwing out scores, um, you know, they say the camera adds 10 pounds. 
I'll say that the uh, the official score form adds <laughs> 20 inches. So if it's officially measured, it's it's 20 inches bigger than anything else out there. <laughs> Definitely. Especially Nopum does it. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, man. It's a one sixty-five. It's like one fifteen. Yeah. I think I've done yeah. it once. It's, it's I a actually, good though. I use the tape. It, I followed all the directions. It's pretty close, it, I think. It's a three twenty-five bear. <laughs> hey, that wasn't me. That's, not, that's all weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my buddy Ron's actually pretty dang good at it. He's really close. He was always within five, which is actually pretty impressive. But five five eights or five inches five inches usually okay. five hey yeah. i'll tell you what um what did that there was one deer that scored you know whatever at panel and and like 370 something and it insane took, white tail and it took it took both teams it, had to be scored, it has to be scored by two teams it took both teams like eight hours a piece to score this animal one so team, one buck eight a hours team of four eight hours and then another team of four another eight hours and they were within like two eighths of an inch, a quarter of an inch, three eighths, something like that. I mean, like astronomically close. And I'm like, good lord. And yeah. that was when I realized, like, these are the best measures in the world. Yeah, it it was legitimately the original score, which was done by a, a guy who has a lot of experience. And then both panel measurements um, were within three eighths. All three of them were within three eighths, which is just wow. Well, I I don't think I could get within. 10 inches that i mean it's just insane you look at this and you're like i don't even know which point to start on it was pretty crazy that's nuts so jason tell us about you man where are you from you know i'm from oregon i'm a west coast guy and uh so i get to chase all the things that that not everybody else does i you know we don't have white tails around here but we've got uh black tails all three of those above his head were in oregon yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we've got blacktails, we've got uh, mule deer, we got Roosevelt elk, Rocky Mountain elk, bears. A little little farther east, we've got antelope and with some cougars running around. So it's a great place to be. I really enjoy Oregon. Um, I'm nowhere near near Portland. If anybody was wondering, <laughs> that place is a mess, man. That's every everywhere you go. It's like, oh, you're from Oregon. Portland? Not there. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. You ever been to a Eugene, Oregon? I have, yeah. I grew up not too far from there. One of my favorite musicians from there, Matt Carney. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he always talks about that. He doesn't know who he is. How do you not know Matt Carney? <laughs> Matt Carney? Yeah. You know? So big. I haven't seen him from- for so many years. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't even return my phone calls anymore, Dave. <laughs> but neither does Jennifer Aniston, so I don't yeah, know there's something you. in the water. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so hopefully this year, Nobum, you can, you know, get get a buck and get on the thing. I mean, I'm sure they'll take your 85-er. That's not so bad. I can get it in the book. <laughs> 85-er? We're talking about yours? Watch this one. Here, I'll go get some. <laughs> it'll be below line. It'll be like a below the yeah. line. <laughs> whoa whoa we got 105 105 
There you go. Let's go, Jason. Official score. Let's go. Hit it. Oh, man. You know what? There are some games I don't play. Use the microphone. The microphone size. You can figure it out. You have the same mic. This is is my great grandfather's. It was the first first season of uh, open deer hunting in Michigan. That is awesome. That's real cool. That's a nice buck. I'm planning on getting it scored in plaque and all that. I don't remember seeing that. I've been having a local guy uh, look for a cape for me, but he can't find one big enough. Oh, that's what, that's what he yeah. tells me. So yeah, I, I, I have that same problem. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen, you know on my, doesn't happen on my deer. Yeah. Here's, here's a neat story is, uh, last year for the Virginia convention that got canceled, we had a uh, great concept. We were doing a trophy tire, hundred of the best animals ever taken with a bow and arrow. And we had, I think 68 of them in Virginia ready to go on display when we canceled that event and so we had the number one i think it's number one and number three blacktails were in our museum but the mounts were really bad they're old and and pretty bad and so we're we're having those remounted and my niece actually in oregon shot the cape that's on the world record blacktail wow that's kind of kind of a neat deal that's really cool What's the rules with states like Texas where you have a lot of like high fence that's technically private? I guess what's the rules with that? Is that considered so, still high fence? Like how does that work? Yeah, so so for our books, um we do not accept high fence stuff. So it's it's that's that doesn't go along with the rules of fair chase. Doesn't mean it's not fun, doesn't mean I wouldn't still do it. It's just not something that uh that our book does and so for uh for us it can't be a high fence can't be you know you can't tie one up in the yard and go out there and shoot it the next day and call it good <laughs> anything i'm just asking because when i was in texas a lot of the ranches i went to were all like high fence and i didn't know yeah. what what was going on and then i asked them about the deer and they said well you can't hunt deer because it has to be in season because the state still regulates the deer so that's why i was a little confused on how that worked with having a fence but yet having deer in there it sounds like the state of texas still owns the deer regardless where they're at is what it sounds like to me whereas in michigan a high fence they own the deer and they make their own rules it's a little it seems a little well, here, different. here's what's crazy about texas man i went on a whitetail hunt and it was technically high fence and uh one of my buddies was giving me grief and i'm like dude it's an eighty thousand acre high yeah. fence there's <laughs> yeah. deer that have never seen the fence like they don't even know that they're in a fence they were just born yeah. and raised inside so, i mean with Texas, it's not because they're trying to keep game in. It's because they're trying to keep other things out. Yeah, pig. And, uh, and so, I mean, you're talking 80,000 acres. I mean, there were literally roads inside the high fence, you know? Yeah, it was uh, weird. So, I'm like, yeah. you're, not, you're not hunting, like, you know, a 500-acre high fence. I mean, so uh, that's what's crazy to me about Texas is, like, it can be in a high fence, but literally 800,000 acres. Yeah, maybe it was the area I was in, but, like, that's all I saw. Like every yeah. ranch was high fence, like all of yeah. them, like every single one. And I asked the guy that that was running this one. I was invited on media hunt. I went down there and he said that, oh, he's like, Oh, every, every, there's no private land here. It's all high fences everywhere. And I said, Oh, so maybe, maybe there's different areas. Obviously Texas is huge. So there's yeah. gotta be different portions that are like, you're saying like where there's no fences, but I think, cause you know, when these, where these fences are also exotic animals they are not like just normal animals, right. <laughs> like, you know, odd ads <laughs> and all that stuff. So it's freaking crazy. 
yeah it's i'm i'm just excited to hear texas has some rules for hunting because that's <laughs> i mean you can shoot anything it's like oh you want to shoot a giraffe gosh it's it's a lot easier to go to texas yeah. you know than, than africa you know you mentioned you mentioned that's what's another cool thing about uh texas almost said africa um is now they have free ranging access and free ranging all that and and uh, you know you can go up in the in the mountains and and in the hills and hunt free ranging axis and free range wow, all dads. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, yeah, I actually hunted hunted free range all that or uh, axis last year, and it was crazy because it was like hunting whitetails. Like you drive out, and you might be, you know, you might be able to see town, but you're sitting in a tree stand, and and you know you'll have whitetails come out and axis come out, and it was it was crazy, and they're all free range. Uh, but over wow. the years, you know, they've gotten out of fences and. And uh, so now they have free range and, and their seasons on them. I mean, free range uh, access deer and, and all dads. That's really cool. That'd be fun. They have that, they have that in New Mexico with the Oryx. They yeah. Have a small Oryx season in New Mexico. Yep. Yeah. I think I saw that black corn sheep when I was there as well. I thought that's what I saw. It was very, I don't know if maybe it wasn't, I don't know. It had some twisty tips though. And it was like black and it ro rolled and it was small animal, but it was black black. antelope. That's it. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Black tail antelope. And that thing was sweet. So when I got the hunt, I got the hunt and Audad access, um, a Rhea and a hog were the four. And I killed all nice. four because I wasn't messing around. I was the only person to kill four animals on the, on the, the whole thing. And they called me the super slam guy. But anyway, long story short, nice. not, not gloating anymore here. Yeah. Um, they That was the other animal you, you could have shot instead of the axis deer. So it was like one or the other, depending on which one you saw. But that thing was sweet. I can, my friend Tim Kent shot that, and it actually had the, the swirl. It was really, really cool. We went down to Texas with, uh, with Alec from Bear Archery, and uh, – and we were hunting in one area, uh, me and another guy, and Alec and another guy were hunting in another area. And we went to pick up the other guy. And so it was me, Alec, and, and the third guy. And we picked up the fourth guy. And his quiver was completely empty. And we're like, dude, what did you do? And he's like, well, I shot a mouflon. I shot a black buck. I shot a, I shot a, you know, just starts naming them off. And he had no arrows left in his quiver. He's like, and I would have shot this and this and this, but I had no more arrows. Oh, man. There's my oh, dad. Oh, okay. when, did that, when did that show up? It just showed up. You guys don't even know how much money I paid to get that here. A lot of money. Yeah, 600 man. bucks to deliver it. Crazy. But they drive it up from Texas. Like, they drove it here. It's insane. They got I got that access, the access uh, buck horns and the access uh, hide. Like, so. I got somewhere to put it in my basement. <laughs> yeah I, you know, the garage. it's huge too that 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 video did no justice how big that thing was it's freaking I, massive i did that when i was in africa is is i was there with a buddy and and so you get these animals and they're just so amazing and so cool yeah and you're like oh man yeah so i'll take a cape on that one and oh you know what i better get a, a full skin for the you know heart of beast that'll be cool and and you know, like three years later, and they're stacked on one of my duck boats in the shop because you don't have anything to do with like twenty skins. That must have cost you a ton to get it back. It, yeah, six hundred bucks would have been a, a nice thing. Okay, I went to the bank, say. and it was in. Uh, I went to Botswana, so I go to my my bank and I said, "Hey, I need to, I need to wire you know forty eight thousand pula to to Botswana." The gal just looks at me. And I said, yeah, apparently a buddy of mine stuck there and needs help. 
And she's just, you get this look. And she's like, oh my gosh, he's about to get scammed. And I'm like, no, it's legit. <laughs> so, but it was, it was worth it. This just, guy just sent me an email. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. his email. Friend of yeah. Me. My, so, my buddy just emailed. He needs it's an investment. 000. I'm going to get a million yeah. bucks out of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin's buddy shot a, a, a huge Kodiak uh, brown bear in Alaska. And what was it? What did it cost Kevin to get it back full mount? It was like $25,000 or something. It was something yeah, like 20 was... plus thousand. I remember that. Yeah. It's huge though. And he has it. He owns a yeah. pizzeria, this guy. And it has it in the front door. And you walk in. Just, That's <laughs> awesome. Just towering. Kodiak you know, bear. That is so cool. We actually have a big full size polar bear. I think it's a, used to be a world wow. record. And so every, like in the museum, people would come in the museum everybody would stop at the polar bear because it's just so That's awesome I mean, i've done i've i've taken selfies with the polar bear because it's so cool <laughs> so we're actually sending that out to reno for convention so people can come in we're gonna have pope and young signs everywhere and then you can get your picture taken with the polar bear so Do you guys have the polar bear there now it's it's on its way it's headed to reno to uh to convention very cool That's that cool. we've got some some of the world records are going to be there we've got the, the mule deer that was new last year or, or two years ago, blacktail. Um, I think we're going to have Luke Brewster's buck there. And um, I think we have at the last convention in Omaha two years ago, we had, I think we had five new world records in a two year span. Wow. And I think we have another, it's either four or five new world records. Oh Lord. This look time. At that bear. You found that picture. Wow. That's the actual picture. Yeah, that's when he that's when he took it. That's a big bear. That was a record bear, wasn't it, Kevin? Didn't they tell him it was a record size? Uh when he took it out of he took it off of Kodiak Island, and at that time it was the largest bear taken off of Kodiak Island. That's saying something at that point. He almost yeah. died for it too. Yeah. It's actually he, really took good it story. With, he took it with a gun, but um I think since that time it's been beaten, but it was the largest at that time. Yeah. That's insane. Well, you know, if he shoots it with a gun, you can still take it to our friends at Boone and Crockett because yeah. they'll take it if it's shot with a gun, hit by your car, or if you just find it, you know, laying dead on the mountain. They'll take all that stuff. <laughs> hey, listen. My, my... I always get in trouble for saying that. But, you know, we work so closely with those guys hey. that I, I got to take my shot every once in a while. Hey, Kevin, you, you, I just found something out. Uh, Ryan Park from Strother. What he's happened? got he's got the world record grizzly. Oh really? 2018. Ryan Park from Strother that used to own oh, yeah. Strother Archery. Yeah. Now, you yeah. can't really read. That it. looks like a baby well, compared was... to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it says it's official on the new world record largest grizzly bear ever killed by a hunter. 27 and 8 sixteenths. Yeah, That's this was... maybe he's in the book. That was strictly on Kodiak Island. Oh, okay. he took he took it on Kodiak Island. Yeah, that that's a grizzly bear. That bear that he shot a, a Kodiak, Kodiak grizzly yeah. bear. Yeah. <laughs> it might be two different categories, actually. Who knows? There, anyway, there's a line. Right. Yeah, Jason Dillon, thanks guys for joining from Pope and Young. Appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, check them out online at Pope youngorg I want to make sure I got that right. <laughs> hey, Dave, thanks for having us, man. Great to visit with you guys. Hey, yep. hey, one, one no quick question before you go. When is the museum going to open in Springfield? You know what? That is a great question. 
And as soon as we have the answer, we'll come back and tell you. You know, okay. I mean, we literally just got to break the news with you guys for the museum move. I mean, you, it's here. Get it. Get it while it's hot. Yeah. Uh, we we don't have that date yet, but uh, we well, maybe maybe when it has the grand opening, we'll do another podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll help you cut the line. There hey, we'll we'll do it from Springfield. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah, we can't wait. So we're excited. It's, we know it's going to take a little bit of time, but Johnny Morris and his team—they're—I mean—they're the best. They're when it comes to to uh, wildlife museums and, and this type of museum, nobody does it better. So we're really excited to be working with them and Bass Pro. You can know this, so. Excellent. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Have Thanks a great so much. Night. All right, have a see you. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.